We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I wouldn't trade Dave for anybody else. You know, Dave and I have a good yin and yang type of relationship that just works well, especially for someone like me where I'm very opinionated. It definitely takes a kind of a unique relationship to be able to pull that off and make it work where it's actually enjoyable. listening to Fantasyland, the podcast that covers everything you didn't know you wanted to know about fantasy sports. I'm your host, Peter Overzet, and in this episode, we are going to discuss what it's like to manage a fantasy team with another person. This includes the highs, like having someone to share your championship celebration with, and the lows, like having to argue for hours about whether Justin Forsett is or isn't a good draft pick. And also everything in between, like figuring out how to make sure your fellow drafters can't hear your picks and snipe you. Now, I want to hear about this. You guys are actually going to maybe come up with a secret language for your draft is what you're telling me. Basically, yeah. So have you, tell, walk me through what the conversations about this. It'll be like uh, teal or turquoise. That's probably tight end. We need to go white right here. That's wide receiver. Yeah. We may say uh, black for quarterback, uh, red for running back. Dude, I like this. This, this is, is like, good. now I feel like we're unprepared because we, <laughs> don't, we don't have a code. No, going. we don't. Man, we really need to think this through. Draft's not till tomorrow. Okay. If you listened to our previous episode, you know Fantasyland producer Pat Corain and I co-managed a team this past season. It was our first foray into high-stakes fantasy football, and while we didn't create a secret language like Remy Rhodes and his co-manager, we did spend months communicating and making sure we were on the same page. And one thing we quickly discovered while talking to people out in Las Vegas during the FFPC draft weekend was that we weren't alone. It seemed like just about everyone at the draft had a co-manager or a partner of some sort. 
And that includes Nelson Sousa, whom you heard at the top of the show. And if you're looking for a reason to co-manage, look no further than Sousa and his partner, David Hubbard, who won the $250,000 grand prize in the Fantasy Football Players Championship main event. Hubbard and Sousa won the championship on the backs of an unreal running back trio, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and LaShawn McCoy. And Sousa said that co-managing a team together was key to their big win. I can't even take too much credit, you know, for that team as far as drafting the team because I'm more of a wide receiver, heavy kind of guy. But that team, we actually started off running back, running back, running back. And that was something that, you know, Dave wanted to try out. But Hubbard said winning the grand prize wasn't just about nailing their draft. It also had a ton to do with Sousa's ability to work the waiver wire. I consider myself a horrible at free agency. I I overspend. Like if I want a guy, just buy him. I won't risk it. I don't want to risk it and finesse him. Nelson say, hey, let's try to finesse this guy for uh, $58. I said, no, I'm going to bid $558 on it. Hubbard and Sousa clearly complement each other in all the right ways. And leveraging skill sets, communication, dedication, it's all necessary to successfully co-manage a fantasy team. Mark Ray and Matt Jarrett, that's the father-son team from Lubbock, Texas, whom you might remember from the High Stakes episodes. Well, they found it helpful to define the roles in their partnership through the lens of the Dallas Cowboys front office. I'm Jerry Jones, he's Stephen Jones. No, I'm Jerry Jones because I paid for it. I told him I would pay for the league. This is his experience. He gets to draft. So you guys can't even agree about the analogy. I'm worried about the picks. It's his draft. If he asks me if who I like between a... I'll tell him who I like. It's his draft. So are you going to ask him who you like? Sure. I mean... And then how much will you value his opinion? Um, if it comes down to a 50-50 coin flip and he's like this guy and I'm like that guy, I may be fair and alternate that like a possession in a basketball game and say, okay, last, like last time I took this guy, so I'm going to take your guy this time. Very I'm nice not a douche. <laughs> Matt might not be a douche, but that didn't mean he and his dad saw perfectly eye to eye on every player heading into their draft. I will tell you this, we do have some differences on some players. He likes DeMarco, I don't. I'm all about Murray, dude. That's our biggest disagreement is that... And because you love Henry, too. So no, see, I love and Henry, see, and I think Henry's going to take his spot. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of heard of the when no, DeMarco no, left no, Dallas, no, no, he, he Dane. He didn't want to tell anybody he that. He was a product of our, offen- of our offensive line. He's hurt. He was he done was wrong. He was a product of our offensive line. Look what Darren McFadden did last year. Uh, look what... Look what fucking Alfred Morris has done in the preseason. Chicken Alfredo Morris. Yeah, chicken Alfredo Morris. (laughs) So it sounds like you guys might have some interesting conversations. When I circled back with Matt toward the end of the season, right as their team was mounting their big comeback that propelled them to their 12-team league championship, he told me he hadn't forgotten about the DeMarco Murray versus Derrick Henry debate he had with his dad back in Vegas. Yeah, I've tried to bring that up to him a few times. I don't really want to, like, embarrass him too bad. I guess I'm looking for him to, like, openly, like, apologize for that, but he hasn't done that yet. So, and I get it. I mean, he's probably just not ready to apologize yet. 
Mike Hopfner and John Padilla are two co-owners from Colorado and go by the team name No Whammies. They won an entry into last year's main event in a Football Guys satellite draft, and they told us that for them, arguing about players can be constructive. Do you guys find yourself on the same page generally, or do you have kind of battles where you go back and forth arguing? Generally, we're on the same page, but sometimes we have battles. We have battles, and that's what's good having me to have a partner too. You can you can tell the other person you're full of crap, or you can, or you're like, "What are you doing? You're your head up here. You know what? You know." You get locked in on players, and you're like, "No, no, dude, that's not good." No, wake up. And it helps us hash them a lot, a lot better. And every year, some way or another, we always get our we get a couple of our own guys that we that we don't fully agree with the other person, but we're like, "It's your round, dude. Go for it. It's your rowdy. It's your guy. All right, we'll see what happens." Yeah. For the most part, Pat and I didn't find ourselves having too many battles of our own through our co-managing process. Leading up to our draft, we were both on the same page with our strategy, zero running back, late round quarterback, etc. But like so many other pairs of co-managers, we would argue about specific players. Here's Pat and I haggling over the Baltimore Ravens running backs late one night in Las Vegas after a long day of travel. Let's talk about a dude who gives you that queasy feeling that I think sometimes you need to embrace, which is Justin Forsett. Yeah, what round? I've seen him go all over the place. Yeah. Here, he's in the 12th round. But what makes Forsett a worse pick in the 9th than Crowell? Oh, a ton. First of all, name the third running back on the on the Browns right now. I don't even think they have him. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, you can make so many arguments of guys that can take Forsett's job, and there's no one that can take Crowell's early down work. Yeah, you're right. I went too high. Let's go with Coleman in the 11. I mean, I just can't. Can you think of a precedent where a number one running back has been cut a week before the season and then come back and that you would be able to muster any confidence when in back-to-back years they've drafted running backs in the third round and then also picked up a guy that they said was their best running back all through training camp? Yeah, no. all That's all good argument, yeah. but that's why he's going so late. I'm not kidding when I say this went on for over an hour. He's never going to see passing down work over Buck. I mean, Buck is an incredible passing down back, and then if Dixon grows into what they think he's going to be. Is Buck an incredible passing down back? Oh, yeah. He's really, really good. Um, He's like top 10 in the NFL as a pass catching back. Based on what? His uh, yards per catch and... Look him, look him up. I cannot, without being drunk off my ass, picture a scenario where 14 through 16, he's a league winner. I just, I can't get him in my head as a priority target. No, no, I, and I'm not saying he should be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's painful. I can't listen back to that without cringing. Those are hours we could never get back. Those are words I can't get back. I I defended Buck Allen like he was my firstborn child. Goodness. It's one thing to have an argument like Pat and I had about Justin Forsett and Buck Allen days before our draft. There's enough time for us to sort out the differences and get on the same page. But Dan Williams from Chicago told us the stakes are higher when a disagreement comes up when you're on the clock. We got into an argument in about probably the eighth round of a draft. That took us the entire 90 seconds, stood up, fighting, arguing. So the next year, the next offseason, we had to decide, or I decided, 
we can't do this again. We agree on most everything, but there's going to be some things. How do you make the final call when you have owners? Some people have three owners. How do you make the final call? So I decided, let's flip a coin. He's like, what does that mean? You get heads, tails, whatever you want. You call it odd or even. And we go round by round. He'll have the call in the first. I'll have the call in the second. And it has now worked. And that's and I'm, I, I think it's the reason that we are so as successful as we have been. But are you are you literally flipping a coin at the table? No, no, no. Oh. We flipped the coin in the hotel room. <laughs> I see. For odds evens. Yes. And it was so it was decided before our Friday main event. If you don't like the idea of flipping a coin, Remy Rhodes offered another solution. Just put your money where your mouth is. Put something on the line. If you feel strongly about somebody and the other person disagrees, put something on the line. Let's say you want to take Odell Beckham, third overall or whatever, and you're dead set against it, you want to take a running back. You say... All the experts are saying Odell Beckham just may get 2,000 yards receiving this year. Put something on the line. If you think he's going to get 2,000, $100. I'm willing to put $100 that Odell Beckham will get 2,000 yards receiving this year. You take the bet, nobody loses. You see what I mean? There you go. I love it. If he, if he, if he gets it, you don't owe him $100, and y'all probably going to go far. Yeah. If he doesn't, you know, he ain't going to be as mad. You know what? Give me the $100. You know what I mean? You know? I like that. I love that. And the amount of money that you put on it shows you how it's like, oh, Pat said $500. We're taking Larry Fitzgerald. I know he's serious. Yes. (laughs) See what I'm saying? The youngest drafter in Las Vegas, 13-year-old Sandra Dusick, had perhaps the best advice of all for co-managers working through differences. Listen to each other because last year sometimes my dad and – Uncle Scott had good ideas, but I didn't really like them. <laughs> and I had good ideas, which weren't very good ideas. Yeah. But no matter how you go about it, if you're going to co-manage successfully, you have to figure out how to solve conflict and talk through things. Luckily, when you sign up to co-manage, you're basically signing up to talk to each other a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. I asked Hubbard and Sousa, the main event champs, each individually to estimate how much time they spend on the phone each week. An hour number. Um, we talk every day. Seven days a week. Multiple times a day, yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to say probably like 30 hours. What did he say? I would literally estimate, if I had to put a number on it during football season, we probably talk 25 to 30 hours a week, easy. 25 to 30, see that? We're like, uh, we're like a married couple. 30 hours a week on fantasy football. That's incredible. When my wife and I dated long distance for a few years, we didn't even come close to talking that much on the phone. But for diehard fantasy players who co-manage, that's par for the course. Dan Williams told us he and his partner, Louis Playzak, do the same thing. We talk more than, well, my wife claims I talk to him more than I talk to her as soon as it's football season. And it, it ends up, it's a seven day a week thing. It's very close to marriage. As close as you can get, you have to be able to talk to the person. Because if you can't, it will never work. 
So before we move into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Untuck It. Ever see an untucked button-down shirt? They generally look a little bit uh, bad, and there's one reason why. It's because they're not meant to be worn that way. And I've mentioned this on shows before. The reason that I like Untuck It so much is uh, having a longer back, being a taller guy. Uh, one area that I find is the sleeves and the length of shirts can be an issue, so I tend to wear those untucked. Thankfully for me, there is Untuck It, the original Burton button-down shirt designed to be worn untucked no matter your size shape uh, untucked shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length with more than 50 plus combinations in terms of fits untucked shirts look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages you can find your favorite untucked style online or check it out in one of their itty brick and mortar stores choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down super soft flannels outerwear and more with untucked your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big again and their website is so easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit so now's the time to get set up with those perfect clothing shirts don't waste any time head on over to untuckit.com and use the code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that's untuckit.com the code once again is blue for 20 percent off once more untuckit.com If you're looking for sage wisdom about life and fantasy, you could do a lot worse than NBA legend Doug Moe, who we were lucky to track down after his FFPC drafts in Las Vegas. I've been playing fantasy football since the mid-70s. Been playing out here for, oh, I guess it's four or five years, maybe three or four years. At my age, you can't remember. Yeah. And you co-own the teams with your son? Is that who? Co-own them? We're co-owners. Yes, we are. Yeah. And who who makes the decisions when push comes to shove? That's when we get in an argument or two. And uh, usually someone will end up getting his way and get the pick. And then uh, after that, the other guy has the pick because the other guy feels bad. But even if co-managing involves an argument or two, Moe said that there's nothing wrong with spending ungodly amounts of time overthinking fantasy football. So you're saying if we spend more than five hours a week figuring out who we're going to pick on the waiver wire, we're, we're being uh, No, idiots? spend more. What, are you kidding me? It, it beats whatever else you're doing. Of course, at your age, it may not. But at my age, it certainly uh, beats anything else so how many hours a week do you say you uh, put towards fantasy oh i don't know it's just all different from the old days so you wouldn't understand back in the old days we had to call the pr departments uh, i even talked to a coach in one year uh we're now we're going back to the early 80s and uh no internet and uh Information was not as abundant as now. Now everybody knows the same thing, so it's just easy. I mean, you follow the games, you look, see who's available, and you decide what you want to bid on some stiff that had a good week and won't score again for the rest of the year. Speaking of stiffs, apparently word had gotten out about our team. Now, was your draft any good? I liked it. I don't know. People tell me it sucked. It's, it's the word on the street. You guys ain't got it. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Pat and I are going to talk more about our experiences co-managing, as well as hear from some of our other friends who co-manage teams with us. This episode is brought to you by Rotoviz. 
Hi, my name is John Solis, and before Rotoviz, I was a fantasy loser. I had been playing for six years, and I had never won anything. In fact, I came in last place with such frequency that my homely commissioner permanently changed my team name to the Washington Generals. So you can imagine I was pretty happy to find Rotoviz. So there's millions of fantasy sites out there, John. What was it that attracted you to Rotoviz? There were two big things that stood out for me. The first was the metrics-based analysis, but the second and even bigger thing were the contrarian viewpoints. I had never read anything like it at that time. So you become a subscriber to Rotoviz. Did things then turn around for you in your leagues? It did. I finally started winning. And while I don't win every time, I win with enough frequency now that I don't lose money playing fantasy football anymore. To gain access to all of the metrics-based content and contrarian opinions John is talking about, simply visit rotoviz.com slash podcast, where you can get a listeners-only 30% discount on a season-long NFL pass. Welcome back. We couldn't do an episode about co-managing without talking to my FFPC main event co-manager and Fantasyland producer, Pat Corain. Pat, first of all, I want to say I forgive you for Justin Forsett. Do you forgive me for Buck Allen? (laughs) I do. I think it's big of you to even make it seem like it, it was an even back and forth there. That was mostly me arguing for Justin Forsett, who I didn't own any of, but I think we might have owned him if not for you. So... I definitely forgive you. Well, at least you didn't make Buck Allen seem like the second coming of Jamal Charles. But yeah, Pat, I wanted to talk to you because obviously we worked firsthand uh, together throughout this entire process, co-managing, but I just keep coming back to how excited we felt after our draft and in week one. And it really did feel like we had talked ourselves into being like, if things break right, this could be a championship team. Yeah, we were definitely excited, and then the dream slowly died. Yeah, I think this was you who wrote this after week seven. Arian Foster, our sixth-round pick and first running back selection, retired on Monday evening. Our FFPC team is so bad that our players don't even want to suit up for us anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that was a rough stretch. It was pretty tough to continue at that point, but the crazy thing was we ended up storming back from there and almost made the playoffs. We were about 40 points short, so, uh, you know, despite kind of coming up short at the end, being able to storm back definitely made it a fun season overall. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back now that we have this season under our belt and looking at how we work together, and it obviously helps that we work on this show together. So we're, we're talking a lot as is and kind of have that rapport. But I think our partnership uh, ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I got to give you a lot of credit for when we were one and four and one and five. I would still get an email from you every week kicking off what our waiver wire bid should be. And it was pretty much all I could do just to read those things. Like, it's pretty difficult when you're that close to being out of it to think about who you're going to bid two bucks on or who you're going to pick up for your kicker that week. So I give you a ton of credit there. And overall, I really do think that we worked well together. But you and I are not the only people that we've co-managed with. We've co-managed with a number of our friends as well, and I had a chance to sit down with a couple of your co-managers, including your college buddy, Cameron. Yeah, Cam is my longtime buddy from college, and over the years, we've exchanged hundreds and hundreds of emails just solely about fantasy football. So if anyone has some dirt on me in my habits as a co-owner, it's Cam. Yeah, I would say he had uh, mostly good things to say. Mostly. If you give Pete the opportunity to overthink, He's going to do it. You know, like he'll, he'll stare at defenses for three days and just like, oh, this is our play of the week. This is our play of the week. And it's just like, hey, man, we got to get a lineup in by the deadline. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. But I will say, Pat, what's fair is fair. And when I heard you were going to be digging up my co-managing skeletons, I decided I was going to talk to your brother, Mike, about what it's like to co-manage a dynasty team with you. And apparently overthinking it is something we share. He'll get really into the nitty gritty of like which cornerback we should be picking up off the scraps of the waiver wire. And I'll have to go. Like we'll be talking on the phone and I'll just be like, I don't know, Pat, just pick one. And he'll be like, no, 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 wait, don't go yet. Like we have to talk out like this specific aspect of it. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> that That is true. And I've done that so many times. But I also talked to another buddy of yours, Pete, uh, Brian Donnelly, who co-hosts the FF Comedy Hour with you. Uh, and he told me that you have an unjustifiable infatuation with Jeff Janis. It would make sense to clear up roster space by getting rid of Jeff Janis. And he's still there. And it's like, you know what it is? It's like having Austin Collier on your team after he went to the CFL. You're like, dude, it's time to give up the hope, you know? And he just can't. He cannot give it up. Okay, that's tough, but it's fair. But let me just say, okay, I'm pot committed with Jeff Janice at this point. Like the sunk cost fallacy, that just doesn't pertain to Janice. He's immune. Because if I were to cut him and he ever did something down the line that made him fantasy relevant, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. But Pat, speaking of being stubborn, According to your brother, arguing with me about Justin Forsett wasn't your first late night fantasy disagreement. This wasn't even a co-managed thing. We just got in an argument about like, what is the value of traits versus statistics or something? And we, it was when we were on vacation in New Orleans with like our entire family. So it was me and Pat in a hotel room and we were just laying on our beds. You know, it's like three in the morning and we were just like so heated. We've been drinking and I literally just turned the lights off and we stopped talking because I was just like, we're not, I'm not going to convince you of anything. Let's just stop. It's just the way he's wired. I don't know. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah, I don't know. I, what, I can't really defend myself here. That happens. Uh, I'm argumentative. What What do you want? Uh, I've got one more clip here for you though, Pete. Uh, you've got a third dynasty team you co-manage, uh, actually with Fantasyland producer Matt Friedman. But after talking with Matt, I think co-manage probably needs to be in air quotes. I forgot to tell him that it was an individual defensive position league, and he wasn't pleased. And that means that I wasn't really pleased to have him as a co-owner. <laughs> Okay, I'm still pissed about this. And just so people know, this is actually the same league that you co-manage uh, with your brother, Mike, this IDP league. And I just, I'm still pissed about this. And I want the record to show that Matt Friedman, very smart guy, was looking for help with defensive players. Makes sense, right? Like a lot of people aren't super familiar with that side of the ball with fantasy. But he forgot to mention it was IDP to me. He, he asked me to help him without bothering to ask if I knew anything about IDP. And Matt, the answer, by the way, is I know nothing, nothing about IDP. And this is why we send so many angry emails at each other when we get trade offers and we don't know what's going on. Why did you ask me, Matt? <laughs> uh, I remember you told me that you were joining the uh, Road of His Dynasty League when we were in Vegas. And I was like all excited, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're in the league. That's great. And you were so pissed already because you you had just found out that it was IDP. Ugh, I'm still pissed about it. And I'll never learn IDP because I can't afford to get even more obsessed with fantasy football. Yeah, if we learned one thing from talking to our co-managers, 
It's probably that we're obsessed enough with fantasy football already. People find a guy and, okay, this guy's never bid more than $3 on a defense. Let's bid 4 And I'm just, if you've done that much research, Pete, $4 sounds great. He's putting in a lot of the work for that league where it's full IDP rosters. And so you have to do kind of a lot of research. So he'll come back with strong opinions about like, which second string cornerback on the bills we should be starting and i'm just like all right man whatever you think is best you know this is sort of what pete deals with being friends with me but he'll send like this really long well thought out thing and then i'll just send like the name of a player back with like he's a beast (laughs) so then he's just like uh can we talk more about this okay so clearly we both have some strengths as co-managers given that we're just willing to be as obsessive as anyone else out there and do our homework but I, I will say I was a little disappointed to find out that I'm missing out on one of your biggest strengths as a co-manager. And this is because we co-owned in a league that didn't allow trading. But apparently you are a bona fide trade swindler. When the owners post on the message board or they'll contact us, Pete will kind of mirror what they do. So we have one owner that's kind of like a Southern guy. So Pete would kind of incorporate some Southern vocabulary into his emails back to the guy like, Y'all are doing this and y'all are doing that. And sure enough, like that struck up a conversation with the guy. And another owner would use like emojis and was bad with spelling. And Pete would misspell a word or two in these emails for the trades or or do like seven exclamation marks with the number one in the middle of them. And we got some really good deals out of it. So he's definitely a swindler. (laughs) Oh, man, I love the process of making a trade with a co-manager. Just getting to go into the proverbial war room with your partner and you're collaborating on these silly negotiations as if you were brokering the Louisiana purchase. And I know Mike said that this is true for you guys, too. We've made some incredible trades in that league. And one of the ones we made was we dealt Alfred Morris for like a top five rookie pick kind of going into the season where he fell off. That's where co-managing is really fun, where it's like, you know, you make a great trade and then you can kind of like celebrate it together. And like months later, one of us will just be like, dude, Alfred Morris. <laughs> We're like, I know, right? Uh, but the one that really sticks out um, was we were offered a deal where we would get Gronk for like a couple picks and Gary Barnage and Vance McDonald. And that happened to coincide with a trip that I took to Iceland with my girlfriend. And Pat was really dragging his feet. The frustrating part was the sticking point for him was Vance freaking McDonald, where he's just like, I don't know, Mike, like, Vance, I don't know if I want to part with him. And I I told Pat later, it was like one of those old timey vaudeville movies where someone's like shaking the person who fainted and slapping him in the face. Like, it's Gronk. We have to get him. And, you know, he's just like, I don't know. And this is all happening on a WhatsApp. Meanwhile, my girlfriend's like, come on, we have to go. So, That was tough. We ended up doing the trade. Of course, then Gronk got hurt this year. But we did make the championship. We've made it actually both years we've been in it. So I'd say, you know, for the most part, it's been a pretty successful partnership. Man, I'm starting to notice a theme with these clips. I'm clearly monopolizing a lot of Mike's time here. But uh, he's dead on about just the joys of kind of making those trades. and, And there's someone there who has as much at stake as you. And you can just kind of share that whole thing with. There, there's so many benefits to co-managing. And I think the people throughout this episode have kind of illuminated that because, you know, a lot of it's just pragmatic. You know, there's a lot to do to be successful at it. So to have an extra hand, you know, especially when there's lots of money on the line, it's just nice to have that second set of eyes and know the ball's never going to get dropped. But I think in the end, the reason you co-manage is because it ensures that there's at least one person on earth 
who genuinely cares about your team as much as you do and is willing to revel in the minutia with you as it's all unfolding. And I know that's definitely true for David Hubbard and Nelson Sousa, because this is them describing their sweat on the night they won $250,000. When it came Monday night, it was Dallas against Detroit. And we had Matthew Stafford, and the only team that could potentially beat us had Matt Prater. And we were up three points. So we were looking that way. Is there ever been an instance where Prater outscored Stafford? You know, I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, Stafford could drop back in the first quarter, get crushed on a sack, leave with an injury, and and we're done. Since we've been through this thing many times and been close many times, we wasn't going to be satisfied until the final gun sounded and they said, hey, y'all want it. It was never really close. Stafford went down first, second drive of the game, scored a touchdown. and It was an exciting time, no doubt, man. Yeah, and everyone has heard the saying, no one cares about your fantasy team. And if you've won a championship, you know that, yeah, people will congratulate you for, oh, you won your championship, that's great. But no one cares how you won your championship. No one cares about the specific sweat the same way that you do. And having someone there that you can actually share that with has got to be the best part. And when I talked to your buddy Cam, he told me exactly that. We celebrated with a phone call, and then we were going to meet up in Vegas two months after the season ended. So I bought some Cook champagne and brought it to Vegas because our big win was thanks to Brandon Cooks in a couple of weeks. So I had to get Cook champagne for it. <laughs> and the the thing about that story that Cameron uh, didn't volunteer was that he was also planning to bring little goggles for us both to share in case we wanted to spray it, you know, as if we were just won the NBA championship or whatever. And luckily, they didn't end up making it into his luggage because the more I think about it, looking back, two grown men giddily wearing goggles and spraying champagne on each other in the bathroom of an Excalibur hotel room, it's just not a great look and something uh i don't think i would be proud of but yeah that that was very sweet winning that first championship with a co-manager uh tons of fun being able to sweat that down the stretch yeah that's awesome and you and i had a good sweat in terms of whether or not we we're going to make the playoffs but it would be really fantastic if we had a sweat of actually being in the playoffs and getting some playoff wins and who knows maybe even having a monday night football sweat for the 250,000 like hubbard and Sousa did. I like it, man. I like it. 2017, it's the year of Pete and Pat. We're doing it. Yeah, totally, man. And, you know, I'm already starting my preparation. I mean, what do you think Kenneth Dixon's ADP is going to be? Because that Baltimore backfield is actually looking like it might have a ton of opportunity. I mean, we could be talking about a league winner here. No, Pat, we're, we're not doing this right now. Thank you for listening to Fantasyland, the podcast that covers everything you didn't know you wanted to know about fantasy sports. Special thanks to everyone who talked to us for this episode. Doug Moe, Nelson Sousa, David Hubbard, Mike Hopfner, John Padilla, Dan Williams, Sandra Dusick, Mark Ray, Matt Jarrett, Remy Rhodes, Cameron Kramer, Mike Corain, and Brian Donnelly. If you'd like to read more about Pats and my team in the FFPC main event, we chronicled the season on Rotoviz. Just search for the articles titled High Stakes Virgins and you can read all about it. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review Fantasyland on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. 
If you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can find those on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to contact us, we are always interested in feedback and would also love to hear about any good fantasy stories you may have. You can reach us via email at fantasylandpod at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Twitter, also at fantasylandpod. Our producers are Fantasy Douche, Matthew Friedman, and Patrick Corain, and I'm your host, Peter Overzet. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.